Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. Hi everyone, it's Simon here from Sterling Coaching with another episode of my Business Success and Coffee podcast. And today I'm joined by Carl Greck, uh, who is a certified coaching, um, helping clients discover their untapped potential and nourishing it in a way that maximizes their performance whilst, and this is really important, achieving a healthy work-life balance in their personal and professional lives. And we were just talking before the recording started that it's very hard to separate the person from the business, but yeah, I know your focus, Carl, is, is on, on the person. So welcome to today's podcast. Thank you, Simon, and thanks for the invitation. And Carl, you're a professional uh, performance coach and leadership trainer, and you've been in business for over 10 years. And listeners, he's coached and trained heads of departments and senior executives and has earned an Associate Certificate Coach Award with the International Coaching Federation, and he's certified in PRISM brain mapping. Ooh, interested in finding out more about that later on. And it looks like Genos emotional intelligence assessments as well. So very much on the psyche and the behavior side of people. Uh, Carl's mission, listeners, is to create positive change by helping others seek the best in themselves. And he thrives by supporting individuals to gain confidence in their leadership role enhancing how they connect, influence, and inspire others. So it's, I'm intrigued. Tell me a little bit more about the, the prison brain mapping. How, how does that work, Carl, before we get into the, the talk about coffee? <laughs> um, I find it very powerful to use an element of assessments, and uh, prison is one of the assessments together with Genos that I use. So the way prison works, um, it identifies people's behaviors. Now, as you know, um, there isn't such a thing as this is the way we are and this is the way we're going to be forever. So I believe very strongly that um, whilst change, yes, is very difficult to achieve, but it can be achieved if you put effort um, into it. So PRISM helps individuals to identify what is their natural self, the natural behavior that they have. Okay. Uh, we tend to shift behaviors when it comes to being in maybe a more formal setting or a setting that we're not used to. Or just to give an example, if we're going to change job, we would tend to try to see how can we fit in this position? How can we fit into what is expected of us? And of course, when we do that, it creates an element of stress. So identifying what are the potential stressors that we, we could have and then how do we embrace this? Yeah. Uh, when I saw the word prism, I thought, you know, there's going to be either two answers I'm going to get here. You know, prism either, you know, the words P-R-I-S-M stand for something. But for me, when I first heard it, I felt more it's you know, a bit like a prism you know something that reflects light in different directions and depending on the aspect and the direction of the input you get different outputs don't you so uh, I've, I think yeah I, I like the, the description you gave me it fits very well with my definition of a of, of prism mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and we are who we want to be in the sense that um if we're meeting our loved ones, we're going to be and act in one way, you know, and these include, of course, friends and family members. If yeah. we are meeting someone who 
either inspires us, motivates us, or, you know, we're really happy to be around this person, then we're going to try and adapt in that um, circumstance. Okay, great. Uh, good. So, yes, I think you gave a good reflection of prison, but it doesn't actually uh, signify anything. So the, the letters don't mean anything. <laughs> no, 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 that's good. I, I always struggle with some of these acronyms and then you think, you know, you get different, I mean, DISC is always the easiest one. It's the one I always use purely because it's easy, it's four letters to remember what it stands for. So mm -hmm. you have to do that. So Carl, um, you're in Malta. Great. Uh, hopefully the weather's nice there. And um, we're actually getting a little bit warmer here in the UK as we record this. Um, you've got a coffee. Tell us a little bit about the coffee you're drinking. And in particular, tell us why you're drinking the coffee that you are. Great. Um, to be honest, I'm drinking a plain uh, espresso, which is um, the instant Nescafe espresso, uh, yep. to be honest, is very easy to do, just boiling the hot yep. water um, and uh, pouring it in uh, my cup. Um, I know you've made reference in the past of the type of mug, so I have a small mug which is very plain and white, so okay. and nothing too fancy. And also because um, I feel it can affect, especially when you know we're virtual and mm. not in any particular setting, um, just to be neutral, so to say. Um, but to be honest, my coffee machine just broke down last week, <laughs> yes. so it's being <laughs> uh, fixed at the moment. Um, and okay. it was a filter coffee uh, and uh, ground coffee. So, uh, yeah. of course, the, there is a slight difference in, in the type of coffee. <laughs> yeah. So is, is coffee your sort of preferred drink of the day whilst you're working or is there anything else that you drink during the day? Yes, generally, I do like to drink lots of coffee during the day. Yeah. Um, so I like the taste. I usually like a strong coffee, and so I don't like a weak coffee. Uh, but of course, a lot of water as well. Um, as you said, both because Malta is maybe a little bit of a hotter climate, so yeah. it's important to drink a lot of water. Uh, but also, I think it's also healthy to keep um, hydrated and drink water. Definitely. Um, definitely. Whilst coffee is good to boost us up, uh, but water is definitely the, the drink to help us, yeah. you know, in different ways. And, and the listeners will, will know my views of iced coffee. And, you know, we've had a few guests that are in hot climates and drink a lot of iced coffee. Um, and, you know, I tried one. I tried a Frappuccino the other day and it was freezing cold here in the UK. And there I was sat with my iced Frappuccino, which didn't seem to work for me. Is, is, is iced coffee something that's popular in Malta or is it more hot coffee that, you know, the Maltese people drink? It's usually more the hot coffee, which is the most popular. Um, yep. But yes, it does gain um, some interest by, especially the younger generation. Uh, to be fair, I do add a little bit of coffee in my smoothies. Okay. Um, I usually take a smoothie in the, in the morning uh, to give it that little bit of a twist, you know, especially when it's a chocolate yeah. uh, smoothie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, now that you've hit the button there because the frappuccino that I had, I asked for a double coffee shot in the frappuccino and that was... Uh, I think it was chocolate cookie so it was yeah. my two favorite things chocolate and cookies as well so uh, that was a win-win for me with a little bit of coffee as well we have definitely some similarities here I have yes definitely. Also more of a sweet tooth as well so. yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and uh, yeah cookies don't last very long in our house they're never something that should last a whole week they're lucky if they last the day in fact we don't stop them in the house because they will vanish by the time yes <laughs> yeah definitely definitely so Tell the listeners a little bit about your backstory. How did you, 
you know, you're giving us lots of things there about being a certified coach uh, and the way that you work creating positive change by helping others seek better in themselves. How did you get into this? What's the backstory of how you became a coach in the first place? Uh, that's a great question. And I don't really share this much with many people. Um, I myself have been coached in the past where I had uh, a burnout situation. Mm -hmm. And so that is where I got first hand into coaching by experiencing it. Yep. And I had done um, a little coaching certification before that, just because I was always interested in, in coaching. And I, when I was younger, I used to do a lot of sports. Um, and the concept of coaching uh, was uh, interesting to me. Yep. Um, but then when you get first hand into it and you get, if you like, those aha moments, you know, when you learn more about yourself. What I like about coaching is that um, unlike mentoring, coaching gets the answer from the individual. Um, so as a person, we have a lot of potential. Many times we underutilize our potential or we don't realize it. And I believe that a coach helps you to get to your potential faster. So we are all capable. And I must say that even without coaching, people can reach their potential, of course. Uh, but sometimes with coaching, you can get there sooner. Um, so that is when I got interested in coaching, eventually as I moved along in my uh, career, and I, I have been most of my uh, career life um, in employment, um, so working with either within the hospitality industry, I've worked as well a little bit in manufacturing, and mostly in the training roles, although I have moved in to that, uh, we can say sometimes by accident as well. But, yeah. Um, so I started the operational side and into sales, and then moving in. Um, but for me, it was always important to be around people and work with people. Um, and you realize, you know, that um, some people have lots of potential. Sometimes they decide consciously that they want to keep themselves back. Sometimes we can also put spokes in our own wheels and we do keep ourselves back uh, mm. for some reason or other, um, either because we don't believe in ourselves sufficiently or we might have had some experiences in life um, that have kept us back. Um, so that was really what got me into coaching. A bit about my own business, I've only launched my business um, in January last year. Uh, before okay. I, that was I good timing. Yes. <laughs> and as you said, Malta small, so the intention was to have a face-to-face -face coaching practice yeah. um, and face-to-face -face training, but then, as you said, the pandemic hit, um, so I was very quick to shift it online. And I, I must say, I'm really enjoying it. I prefer, of course, the physical contact with people, but um, technology today has allowed us to do this virtually. So yeah. I am coaching people from mostly Europe, Middle East, Africa, um, and also, of course, Malta. Yeah. Uh, so that um, it's great to see that, you know, with today's technology, we, we can, you know, touch so many people um, and we're only 10 seconds away. And I suppose for the listeners, you know, we, you know, we have perceptions of what different countries' uh, main types of business are. And I must admit, if anybody asks me, you know, what kind of businesses are in Malta, you know, uh, I've had family that have been to Malta. I've got friends that go there every single year. But I have no idea what kinds of businesses there are in Malta. So if you were going to do face-to-face -face coaching, what kind of businesses did you decide that you were going to work with? What kind of individuals? did you decide you're going to work with? 
So it would be individuals who would be in a leadership position. Um, and this could be starting off from anyone in a team leader role, because many times yep. these people are experts in their area. And uh, so they're the best, if you like, in their field, but then they've put in or they're given additional responsibility to manage people. And that is yep. where uh, sometimes they struggle and uh, without the right support, they might fail. Coaching in Malta is very much in its infancy, I would say. It's uh, just starting out. Um, so also family businesses is quite a thing here in Malta. So it would be people who either had the business passed on from one generation to the next um, yep. and need that support. Um, also to manage you know, the people around them, to manage maybe expectations of what is required uh, by them. Um, so it's predominantly people within a leadership position um, and you know, that's a full spectrum. So yeah. what, what, what kind of industries would they be in? So by accident, I worked predominantly in the hospitality industry um, last right. year because that was the industry that was most um, affected. And there was a lot of support um, also for government um, to support okay. individuals there. So yeah. I, um, I supported people within the hospitality industry. Um, and these are general managers, you know, C CFO people yeah. in the industry. And that was helping them maybe on in this, that particular situation, more on the personal side. Yeah. Now that, you know, there's the COVID situation, what am I going to do about it? Um, how yeah. am I going to manage? How am I going to support the people around me, etc. Um, but since I've coached people uh, either on an individual level, now I wouldn't call this life coaching, it is still yeah. the individual coaching. So when it comes to time management, so people who have really focused too much, maybe I would say, in their career and need to create that work-life balance. Yeah. Um, because I must say, going back to your original question, when, what got me into coaching, that was also one thing, you know, I was focused too much on my career and I didn't look into the outside of that. And I think this is what is changing a lot around us here, yeah. um, not only Malta, but worldwide, where gone are the times where we would say, you know, I'm going to work uh, very hard and then enjoy my retirement. People have realized that sometimes we don't even, although we're living longer, reach our retirement age. So, so why do that? You know, why waste yeah. the best of your your days and just working and not disregarding so to say the family or children uh, of course you're always doing it in the best of intentions uh, when yeah. it comes to working because to bring so to say food to the table and um, but we we need to enjoy our life and yeah that work-life balance is very important and i think it's interesting what you say there carl as well because i think you know, the majority of coaches, you know, and obviously most of the guests on this podcast have been coaches or consultants some some type, have gone through a process in their life where they they see coaching as the gaining of that work life balance, and they're very passionate about most of them, most of us are very passionate about getting our clients that work life balance right. But I think you're absolutely right. This pandemic, as we record this, that we're still in the midst of, I think. Uh, has changed people's perceptions and priorities, isn't it? And I've had people that I've known that are very, very workaholic who have literally flipped. I don't like to use the word pivot because pivot is more of a business term, but they have flipped their complete attitude to work and life and say, I'm not going to do this. Anymore. I'm going to take more vacations. You know, when, when things open up, I'm going to enjoy life more. Mm. And, and they seem very determined. I think people say it. You know, I've been on courses. I'm, 
sure you have with the certification. I've been on things where people say, I'm going to make a difference. I've been to see Tony Robbins and, and he, I remember him saying that some of you are going to be driving probably two, three hours. And most of you will sit here and commit to something. But by the time you get to your destination, that commitment is 10% if best. But I'm seeing a real change. And I don't know if you're seeing that. People seem a lot more committed to making that, that flip to a better work-life balance more permanent. I don't know if that's something you're seeing. Yes, definitely. And whilst, yes, the pandemic had its issues, and it, of course it's something that we're going to have to learn to live with, but it brought, um, like, I think this, if you like, aha moment, you know, got us to realize um, how yeah. are we spending our time, how are we spending our life. Um, and I must say, especially for Malta, um, because the idea of working remotely was very little. So this yeah. has now increased. Companies are even saying they're going to keep and stick to this and yeah. encourage it even. Um, so it has brought some benefit. Um, I myself say, you know, I'm enjoying time with uh, my kids more. Um, I've kept them at home for homeschooling, mostly because of our parents, um, so that they can still enjoy them and meet them. Yeah. Here in Malta, distances are small. Um, so it's 10 minutes away to visit my parents, uh, 15 minutes to visit my in-laws. Yeah. Um, so that we can meet relatively frequently. Um, and just yesterday, I was in, the, in class with them, you know, and supporting them <laughs> in their lessons. So my kids are um, six and eight year olds. Right. <laughs> so they, yep. they need a bit of that support still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you started your business back in last January. What would you say has been the most significant thing for you other than going from what was planned to be face-to-face -to, -face to online, what, what else has been significant for you in your own business? Yes, I have realized the importance of focus. Um, and this is also maybe, we could say, by accident as well. You know, the pandemic, I, I panicked through the pandemic as well. Um, you know, I was just launching my business and then I said to myself, if I need to do anything else, uh, whether it is help in a supermarket, you know, stock shelves, do deliveries, whatever I need to do, I, I will do. Um, so I started taking on any business that came my way, um, any type of work, um, looking yep. into other opportunities, maybe even providing um, or attempting to provide online uh, courses. But I realized that when you spread yourself too much, when you try to do everything, um, mm. then it doesn't support you. So what I have realized, and sometimes you realize these through your own mistakes, is the importance yep. to focus. Yeah. Um, so this is a bit of a turnaround. I'm focusing on more um, this year and these last few months where I, I want to focus more on my coaching practice. So okay. coaching is definitely predominantly what I'm going to be focusing on. Yeah. And what kind of difference has that made to you then? You know, somebody, you know, obviously as a performance coach and trainer, what kind of difference has that focus brought to you? When we do what we really enjoy and what we love, then we put definitely more passion and enthusiasm in it. Mm. And uh, as I believe it is uh, Michael Bangley Stanier, uh, when speaking about your great work, you know, so when we do the yeah. work which we feel great um, and we really enjoy, we're going to put more in it and we're going to get out more as well. Uh, so it's like the 80 20 rule, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you get 20%. In the 20% you give, you get 80% value. So if that 20% I could expand and spend more time in it, then imagine the value and the engagement i'm going to get in that 
And, and listen, I think there's something very important there because many of us perhaps do get focus. We do pick something to be focused on. But I think, you know, what you've said there, Carl, is really important and listeners to take note of that is that you've got to be careful you're focusing on something that you're passionate about, something that you love. It would have been very easy for you. And I think sometimes globally we have so much access to information and training and courses and we can get focused on something. You know, I've done it in the past. You know, I'm a typical magpie. I get attracted to shiny things. Mm -hmm. And it becomes almost an obsession. I'm going to do this. But then you realize that you're not doing that well of it, at it because you hate it. But it's become your focus. But you, just because it's a focus doesn't always mean that it's something you love. So I think that's a great thing there. Mm -hmm. Listeners, if you're going to focus, make sure you focus on something you love doing and you're passionate about. Yeah. And to add on that, um, as you said, there are so much distraction nowadays, you know, yeah. um, the devices we have at hand, the beeps, the notifications, and all of the information available, you know, there's so much information. Um, quite over, I would say, 10 years ago, there was this um, video that was going quite viral. Um, did you know? Uh, and Seen that, yep. It is something that started in a school where they gave some pointers, some statistics on, did you know how many words existed during the time of Shakespeare, did you know, and, and how things have changed and developed over time. Uh, and this was definitely an insight, you know, when we see all the change around us, all the information around us, and how many videos, podcasts, yeah. uh, news articles, etc. are available every second. And it's it's interesting because you know I've got in my office I've got two two computers I've got my my laptop which is what I'm talking on now, mm -hmm. and I have a stand up desk and my microphone is attached to it and it's all cables across my office plugged into it and I'm sat on the high chair in front of my bookcase, and the listeners can't see that, and on my office desk I've got a much bigger screen, uh, a much more comfortable seat, and my wife said to me you know not too many weeks ago because you know I. I do some work at my desk, but I always do the podcast and client sessions here. And my wife said, why do you sit in the most uncomfortable seat and not work at your desk? And it is because listeners in particular, I'm saying this to, is that this laptop has everything else turned off. You know, emails don't pop up. I don't get WhatsApp messages come up. My phone is actually over on my desk, so I don't have to answer it. Um, and it is about having somewhere in my office, even though I'm in the same room where I can be isolated from those distractions because, you know, we're only human, aren't we? We, get, we do get attracted and distracted by all the things that are popping up and notifications, you say, so many of them. Great. And definitely there are lots of statistics out there to show us how many times we touch our phone and even the phone is nowadays have all this information. So you can easily find out how many times you actually touch your phone and... <laughs> Yes. Same time on different apps and yeah yeah definitely definitely um i just want to ask a question a little bit more before we go on to perhaps giving um the listeners something to take away from today performance coach is something that i love the title of you know and you know, i mentioned tony robbins i've been a big fan of tony robbins and yeah, you, know, you certainly wouldn't call him a a business coach or a life coach, you know, he's very much a success coach, performance coach. What would you say is your definition of performance, you know, in how you work with people? You know, what's your role in improving performance or 
you know, the definition of performance. Just explain that a little bit more to the listeners. Sure. For me, performance is simply what we feel we can do and improve on. Um, so the reason why I, I focus on the aspect of performance is because we can all do better, we can all improve. Um, so it's identifying what are the areas where we feel we need to improve on um, and then doing these tweaks. And by doing these tweaks sometimes in our lives, whether it is the habits we improve on, the way we're spending our time, and the people we have around us, yep. um, these are all going to help us and improve uh, the way we perform. Um, the way we perform, I like to also connect it to the aspect of how we actually show up. Um, so if I'm, uh, so to say, grumpy, I'm going to show up and come across as grumpy with everybody around me. And of course, that is not going to have a positive impact um, on the way people interact with me. Yeah. Uh, so likewise, if we are more positive, then we're going to have people interacting more positively with us and maybe sharing even more. So I do that link uh, with yeah. a performance on the individual, us as a, as a person, how we come across. So for those listeners who uh, have just picked up on what you just said there about you know being grumpy, you know, some of us are business owners, you know, and when I had my construction business, I was very aware of that. You know, I had a contracts manager who you knew what kind of morning he'd had before he came into the office because that's how he walked in. I always used to stop, have a couple of minutes just outside and just sort of gather myself and walk into the office with that positive vibe. But I know very often I felt quite false and not authentic in going into the office in that way. What would you say to listeners that perhaps struggle with that, uh, wearing the mask or having to put on a, a persona that they don't particularly feel like wearing in the morning uh, or being authentic? What would you say to those people who perhaps struggle with that? I'm not really asking people to um, really act in a way, but many times we, so to say, own the way we feel. So. Yeah. If I'm going, if I'm feeling grumpy, then I must own it, um, yep. because it's going to be something which is going to affect me. So, you know, you must consider why am I grumpy? Is it you know those five minutes which something went wrong, and it, am I going to allow those five minutes to affect the rest of my life? You know, if you let's say lose uh, ten pounds, you're not going to possibly worry about those ten pounds, or are you going to? You know, keep on losing money just because you lost ten pounds. You're going to yeah. try to forget about it and then move on and uh, try to make further, uh, whether it's revenue or or money in different ways. Uh, so it's focusing on what is the image I want to portray and knowing that the image I portray will have this effect on others. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to empower, in a way, how people are going to react with me, whether positively um, or negatively. So we do have a lot of control on this. Um, I would say we are in control of our own uh, feelings, and yeah. we should consider this. And I think what you've said there is 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 very valid because you know I know lots of people who do feel that they have to literally put on a mask and they have to put on an act as they walk in the office. And I'm glad you gave that answer. And I love that. You know, I've written that down. You know, own the way you feel because it, it, it isn't about putting on a mask because if you're doing that, you're actually avoiding the way that you feel, aren't you? You're, you're not examining the, the behavior or the pattern or the, you know, the, 
the impact of what's happened to you just before that. And I think, you know, for the listeners, it is about being authentic and finding that balance and doing exactly what Carl said there is only in the way you feel. And that's such a great phrase. Um, I've got to try and work out. You give me too many things, Carl, to use as a title here, but I, I think that's really important that we have to embrace it, acknowledge it. And, and as you say, then once you own it, then you can consider, can't you, how you use it and okay, what kind of impact it's going to have. As you mentioned, Simon, putting that act on is going to stress us even more uh, because yeah. we're acting as what we're not or we're not feeling. So better take ownership of that. Yeah. And people see it, don't they? Everybody, uh, we think nobody else actually sees it. We think we've done a really good job and very rarely do we do a good job. Everybody says, oh, look, yeah, they're not really that happy. <laughs> everybody sees through it. Very true. It's like the seven seconds uh, when you move into or you go into whether it's a shop or a supermarket to buy something you tend to feel the air um, and yeah. you feel whether you feel comfortable or not comfortable to do that purchase yeah. uh, with that person you have in front of you. It's, it's interesting. You just made me think there. We just started watching a TV series. I think it's on Star through Disney Plus. And it's a series called Lie to Me with Tim Roth. And I'm a bit of a Tim Roth fan anyway, generally. But it's, it's interesting that the whole uh, series is the way Tim looks at behaviours um, people's mouth movements. And the thing I love about the series is that he he solves a case and he looks at somebody's body language. And listeners, if you've seen this, I'd love to hear more about what you think about it. Or if you haven't, you should take a look at it. But the interesting thing is then in the series, once he gets a behavior pattern of somebody who's been, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, charged with a crime, and he shows the facial expression that shows that they're lying or that they're saying the truth. He then puts other famous people up. So he'll put an image up of Bill Clinton or, and he'll show how other people that we all know actually pull those same expressions. So he brings our reality into the TV series, but you're right. Yeah. People see through it. So, so easily, don't they? And we all recognize those, those little signs, but lie, lie to me. Good one to watch. <laughs> Thanks for sharing the title. So, Carl, if, if you could give the listeners a way of connecting with you, finding out more about you, the way that you uh, help people with performance through coaching and training, what, what's going to be the best way for the listeners uh, to connect with you? Probably the best way would be either via LinkedIn, so finding me directly as Carl Gregg via LinkedIn, um, or as uh, visiting my website, which is carlgregg.com. And we're spelling Carl, K-A-R-L, and Greg is G-R-E-C-H. Thanks for the clarification. Yep. It does make so, a difference uh, having a K rather than a C. <laughs> it definitely does, yep. So find Carl Greg on LinkedIn uh, or go to the website, which is the usual www.carlgreck.com. Thanks. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, and I can see here on your email, You've got an Instagram logo as well. So you've done a, do you do a little bit on Instagram? Yes, I must say that um, LinkedIn is my preferred means yeah. of uh, communication or social media. Uh, but I'm giving a little try to Instagram and Facebook. Here in Malta, Facebook is very, very popular. And yeah. Instagram is also gaining popularity. Yeah. Um, but I must say, uh, I think it's my attempt to look young and feel young. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, see, I'm I'm the opposite. I, I I'm a big fan of Facebook, 
Um, I'm just starting to use LinkedIn. Uh, Instagram, I do use more for videos and things like that. I think Instagram is more visual, but coaches, if they're only coaches or consultants, yeah. Um, again, it's about focus, isn't it? You know, I always say do one and do it well, but that doesn't mean that you have to exclude doing other things, but keep that focus. And if LinkedIn's your thing, then uh, listeners, go and find Carl on LinkedIn. That's the best place to find him. And in fact, um, whatever I post on LinkedIn is usually then posted also on Facebook yeah. and Instagram. Perfect. So if, if you could give the listeners something, um, a lesson to learn, a tip to take away from today, Carl, what, what would be the, the thing that you'd like the listeners to take away? I think uh, focusing on what we've discussed uh, today on the aspect of uh, being more aware maybe of our own feelings and how we come across, I think that would be an important uh, lesson to learn, yeah. uh, which fits into the aspect of emotional intelligence, uh, which maybe sounds like a big word for some of us, uh, but yeah. it is basically just how we actually show up. Um, so so if you if you were to give somebody a bit of a routine, if you were to give people uh, you know, a couple of pointers that they to do that because you know um, and i completely agree what you just said there but a lot of the listeners will be thinking yeah that's okay but where do i start you know i'm one of those people that if you give me a clean sheet of paper that's it i'm just paralyzed give me a framework give me a couple of starting points then i'm off yeah you've got to you've got to get me moving so for listeners that are like me that perhaps need those couple of pointers where would people start to be more aware and um, yeah, look at their own emotional intelligence. Sure. So um, I like to use the Genos model here, uh, which is focusing on six specific areas. Okay. And one of them would be the first one we could say is self-awareness. So this is demonstrating our mood and feeling. So being aware, you know, being present um, on what is our mood, what is our feeling yep. uh, here. The next area is awareness of others. So are we empathetic or are we insensitive, which is, if you like, the area we would not want to focus on, we would prefer yeah. or we should be more empathetic. So um, do we make others feel appreciated? Are we aware of um, how we make others feel? Yeah. The third area is authenticity. So at one extreme would be untrustworthy and at the other extreme would be uh, being genuine. Um, so are we honest and open about our mistakes? And if I could translate yeah. this on a personal level, uh, this was one of the best uh, tips my dad gave me, you know, that my wife is always right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so definitely, whenever I make a mistake, I do definitely bow my head and I say sorry, you know, and of course it is in a, a personal circumstance, but um, we need to relate this as well to the workplace. Definitely. Um, and with other people. Uh, the next, so the fourth area would be an emotional reasoning. So being expansive, you know, making ethical decisions uh, rather than being limited. Um, and I think this is something which you, I have learned from you today, Simon, is how uh, open we can be and how there's work for everybody, you know, and yeah. uh, the opportunity um, to be both focused on what you do, but at the same time, um, anybody is going to choose a particular coach if we were to take our uh, profession. Mm. Um, because there is that connection, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's being open, being expansive, you know, realizing that um, we should make these uh, decisions on our own, so to say. There's the aspect of self-management, uh, which I think is a, uh, 
a pointer here, especially in this COVID, COVID pandemic. So it's the aspect of resilience, you know, managing yeah. our emotions effectively in difficult and uh, very difficult sometimes situations. And finally, in the case of leadership, the focus on inspiring performance. So recognizing others' hard work and achievements. Definitely gone are the days when we are indifferent um, and we sort of have that uh, focus where people have to work and they have to come to work because they need to work. Yep. There's so much choice nowadays, both from the aspect of people choosing where to work or else being freelance. Um, so when we recognize others and we show them, we're thanking them for their hard work, uh, we're empowering them and it is very likely that they will go the extra mile for us. And so we've got six things there. And if we want to find those more detail of those six sort of genos pointers to help the listeners take something away from today, they can find that through your LinkedIn and through your website as well? Yes, I have uh, various links. I have some uh, blog posts as well in relation to yep. this. Okay, fantastic. Because I think, you know, that framework, frameworks are, are my favorite thing, um, you know, one to use with clients, but also to use myself. So I love the fact that you've given us six, six things there and six aspects of that, starting with that self-awareness, definitely. So moving on to the final question, then, if, if you were going to have your next coffee in a dream location, in a dream cup or dream mug as well, um, where would that be? Uh, we were lucky that last Monday in Water, the coffee shops have started opening again. Uh, so definitely I'm looking forward to visit a coffee shop uh, sometime soon uh, to have some coffee. But definitely my dream location would probably be uh, somewhere on some mountains where there's an element of greenery, some nice fresh air, peace yeah. and quiet, um, and enjoying you know the nature. Uh, so a lovely uh, big mug of coffee there. Yeah. And uh, right, so we've got a good size mug of coffee then. So not yes. you, not your small, yeah. So we're on a mountain yeah. and we've got a big mug of coffee. Yeah. So I'm I'm completely with you on that. And as you were saying that there, and you mentioned mountains. Mountains are where I love to be, particularly skiing. So my dream location, listeners, I don't normally share my dream location, but Carl's just inspired me to think about it. Would be actually on the ski slope, halfway down. So you've you've done a little bit of skiing. You've gone up but you know you've still got some skiing ahead. And to be at that cafe on the middle of the slope, drinking a, a good mug of hot coffee <laughs> to refresh me to get halfway down, that would be my dream location as well. So thank you very much, Carl, uh, for giving up your time today. Uh, time, as listeners you know, is always my most valued commodity. Um, thank you for sharing some great insights. Um, own the way you feel. You know, that's, that's the thing I think, you know, we can really take from Carl today. And thank you for, for being on today's podcast. Thanks for having me, Simon. It's been a pleasure to be here with you and uh, share some thoughts and ideas. And of course, listeners, you've taken away some good awareness, some good education. Uh, and we've talked about coffee too, which are the main focuses of this podcast. I hope that you found it of benefit. And I really look forward to having you on the next podcast. Bye for now.